Welcome back. Welcome back to the Right Hook Podcast. I'm Tom Casabega. Joined as always by the host of this son bitch, Right Hook Ray. Ray, how the hell you doing today? Doing good, bro. Good to be here. Couldn't find any better song to introduce us. Shout outs to the midnight. <laughs> um, this is a great time to be here. A lot to cover. A lot of good stuff coming. Tomorrow's the NBA Finals. Wrestling's in picking up its summertime form. And uh, some other potential good, good, good news to talk about, man. Can't wait. Amen to that. Amen to that. We uh, have a few things, but uh, we'll start out our favorite thing. Uh, our double or nothing review. Okay. All right. Uh, some of our predictions were pretty on. Some of them were pretty off. Kind of uh, figured. We'll start with the, uh, I was, yeah, we'll start with the obvious, though. CM Punk. CM Punk, um, what do you think about that? I'm, well, of course, being a Punk fan, I'm I'm excited. Um, it's kind of sort of a about time thing, but it kind of isn't. Um, a part of me feels bad for Hangman because this this run hasn't been so fruitful for him the way that the way that we expected it to be after going through the whole journey with him and just something either crossed wires or disconnected and it, it, it's where we are now. Um, I'm talking it up as, and I'm sure you can re, like relate to me. Hangman's first title run could potentially be like Bret Hart's first title run where it's like, yay, it happened, but it, it kind of didn't do what it was supposed to do. And then once the second time came, everything clicked on all cylinders. I, I think there's potential for that with Hangman. So, and, but again, just kind of eyeballing the, the title history and how long each reign has been. I think it's been like an average of eight or nine months. So if you're going off that advanced analytics shit, we're probably looking at another five, six years before he even sniffs the title again. If everything goes according to plan, of course, card plan subject change. Um, and we still, we still haven't gotten what, maybe three or four guys who are due for a title reign. And of course, when Kenny comes back, he's going to be right in the fold. I would safely assume that otherwise I don't see him going into anything else unless it's completely out of the title picture. But I think it's a good thing for punk. It's good for business. It's good for their summer plan. That's another spike in selling the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. Now, who he works with is a different story. I know the match I want will probably not happen because there's too many too many chefs in the kitchen to make it happen. Um, and then all in or all out, depending on where it is, I'm just going to bank that it's going to be in Chicago because it's kind of the origin of it all. Um, he probably holds it through through the summer and maybe the end of the year, you might tease a loss, but I, I would bank that Tony's probably going to let punk run with this for a hefty amount of time. And I saw your face, the dream match that I would like to see be on that new Japan, AW crossover show punk versus Okada, but there's too many chefs in the kitchen. There's, there's just too much outside noise to make it possible. So that's why I'm not getting my hopes up for it. I actually think Punk winning is going to give us Punk Okada even further because Okada okay. wants Punk. Punk has tweeted back at Okada. You know what I mean? About 
when Okada called Punk out and Punk tweeted him back and said, come see me at my house. And he gave the fucking Staples Center, well, whatever they call it now, address. And uh, I don't know. Now Okada is world champion over there. Punk's champion over here now. Wouldn't that be there's the, what, the main there's, event headline match there? Yeah, there's one match in the way between uh, Forbidden Door for New Japan. Jay White is challenging Okada for the belt. Do I see them pulling some fuckery because they don't want Okada pinned by Punk in America? Probably. You and know also I mean? the fact that Jay White's kind of been over here on like a couple shows. It's, that's exactly right. Jay White's more of able to take a pinfall loss to the AEW champion as New Japan champion compared to if Okada comes as world champion for New Japan. What are you going to have them to wrestle for an hour to a draw? Why? I wouldn't Just mind that. They, I, I mean, like, yes, I would. Suck. Though. That's yeah. That's. Well, I wouldn't me, mind that because 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 at least we get a lengthy match between the two. That's if they're that's if they're going to actually put on a wrestling match, which I think they would, you know, based on their style and everything. But my whole thing is, what kind of match? Who would be? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, obviously, I think Punk would probably work more heel. And Okada would be more faced, but I'm talking more along the line, like how you even said with the chefs in the kitchen, who's booking what? That's what, you know what is I mean? like the the big unknown or or the uncertainty. Like like like, is it going to be 50-50? Is it going to lean towards? I don't know if I, I don't know if Gaido is um is is taking over the booking still. I, I don't yeah. know, like, oh, yeah. like, okay, because I've kind yeah. of disconnected from New 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 Japan once they stopped being on a fucking viable channel for me to keep up with it. Yeah. I'll save that rant for a whole other time. Um, so yeah, Dude, so I, I mean, so so I mean, so if Gaido's got the got the overseeing, I could see him like trying to please multiple masters because because he kind of. He knows both sides of the aisle per se, but I feel yeah. like it, but like I feel if Tony has a say, it's probably gonna be I gotta get these guys over kind of thing. I I I could see him wanting to get the brand over as strong as possible. That's the type of person Tony Khan is, though. You're exactly right. He would put all his superstars at losses against you know new japan's guys and let them go over on everybody yeah but that would all new aew still a new company you know what i mean yeah i think a lot of people like either subconsciously or blindly forget that they're still in like an infancy stage they're still like three years I'm, you know you know they're still like a puppy with big paws like yeah mm -hmm. i remember this is three years in and yes for a company three years in they, they've made a lot of gigantic swings and strides but it's still three years in so there's not like any real like history or lineage yet like oh if it's a legacy and lineage stuff comes like what five years in ten years in maybe <laughs> like you know so year, year, year three you can kind of take the losses and build a lineage that way build legacies that way and not that, and not totally be hurt that comment was spot on when you said the puppy with big paws because right now you're exactly right 
they're that young company, like you said, with the big Pauls that have done some big shit, but they can grow into this big fucking dog if everything goes right. You know what I mean? Like they could go and grow into, grow into them Pauls. You know what I mean? And that's, that was such a great analogy when you said that. Um, I completely agree that, you know, the lineage takes time to build. You can't just, you can't rush it. You know yeah. what I mean? There's no such thing as microwaving that, that like kind of yeah. stuff. There's no way. Contrary to what people think, that's, that's, I, I hate using this term, but mental masturbation. It's, it's not, it's not possible. Yep. I, uh, we talked about it, I think an episode or two back uh, with punk and FTR. Yes. Now, I don't know if you've seen everything. They have a shirt together, the Sons of the Hitman. Okay. Punk, I, I'm, punk Cash and Dax. To do a quick and little then, Dynamite Live in, I think they're kicking off the show with Punk FTR versus the Gun Club and the Acclaim. Yeah, so, that's where I was getting to. Um, it seems like Punk and FTR are going to be like a little you know, entourage now. They did come out and help, not help Punk, but they, you know, hoisted him up after he won and everything and uh, helped him to the back. Um, ultimately, what I was saying was somebody tweeted at Punk and them about AEW Trio's titles with that picture of them holding him up. Punk tweeted that person back and said, uh, tell Tony Khan to just give us the titles so we don't have to hurt any of your little favorites. <laughs> yeah. So I could definitely see like a swerve coming to where they're like, you know, the like the Bret Hart kind of like, you know, the good guy heelish type of thing. You know what I'm trying to say? Disciples of the Hitman, basically. I mean, I like the name Sons of the Hitman. Um, Whenever you told me all that, like I was racking my brain for days of like, well, what name could work? And I was like, they can't use certain things. So I was like the foundation kind of wink and nod. (laughs) Um, MLW had the foundation, so I don't know if that's copyrighted because that oh, was Brian yeah, Gilman Jr., Gilman Jr. Davey Teddy. Boy, and Teddy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I didn't think of that either. Damn. Um, here, oh, I'm just gonna lay it out. If this is going to give us what I hope they're gonna give us, can they just do the low hanging fruit scenario and have them add Serena Deeb? And like do a homage payback to straight edge society and just let them be something like that. Cause obviously you can't have gallows come like, like, like come back and join. Cause he's, he's in bullet club, but like do sort of like a straight edge society thing, but like them kind of like lean into the, lean into the us for or about the pro wrestling and all this stuff in AEW that you guys love isn't pro wrestling we're here to give you the pro wrestling so we're better than you kind of thing and like like kind of lean into what people already think is going on but not really but just give them that edge that hey hey we follow the rules of Bret Hart and that's the right way and the only way because it's the best there is best there was best there will be and all this other stuff and maybe just maybe lean into like a twinge of cornet stuff and call them like cosplayers and wannabes and like because that's doing that is going to get punk booed we'll get them all booed because 
Otherwise, they're not going to get booed at all. So, like, I would love that because because the end game's got to be you got to find a way to get Punk booed with this audience. And it's you're going to have to go in drastic measures to do it because no one's going to boo Punk. No one's going to boo FTR. So, I mean, like, a small percentage will boo FTR who are, like, super pro young bucks and don't Uh, like the FTR style. I think if Punk came out and cut a heel promo even tonight back there after the match, you know, what I'm trying to say anything. Uh, if he remember how I sent you that about, you know, the ROH title, the WWE title, you know what I mean? And now he just won this title pretty much under the same circumstances as all that. I could definitely see there being that over arrogance of being the best. So they're going to call themselves like the best or something. You know, or, like how we were just saying. Like that name, yeah. It's pretty simple. Best in the world. Yeah. But they're going to be that best faction. You know what I mean? The best in the world at what they do. I could see that. And I don't, I don't see them adding in a female yet because that, that there's not many people they could rival that have a female with them. That wouldn't just be a one-off pretty much like how yeah, everything true. else is. You know, that's why they like have House of Black, like basically. Well, now who the fuck is Julia Hart gonna? You know what I mean? What's Julia Hart doing? Well, who's she wrestling? You know what I mean? Like that. Get that. Get the fuck Julia Hart. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to Julia Hart. I just she's gonna be be a manager. Uh, be a manager. God. So anyway, I see them being more of like. You know, like, you know, that's stable being the best because AEW doesn't really have that integration of having the actual stables with female versus stables with female or enough depth in storytelling with their roster more than it just being a one off of having a female on each side. That's why, like, you haven't really seen much of that because it seems like AEW doesn't even know how to book their women's division. I mean, we all kind of see that. I mean, that's but that that was proof on Sunday. You get what I mean? It's I uh all cheers to Thunder Rosa for the donating her gear, you know, for to the children of you laid down in Texas that you know had passed away down there. Um do I think she should have lost? I we covered that. I I would have loved to see Serenity win and get that payoff. I like you said, they don't know what to do. We, that was very apparent on Sunday. It just seems like the they get, women's they titles got, on the back they burner. Have a, they, have a, they have a string of one thing that they're doing kind of right. But they're going to probably hit a wall. Probably Jane. very soon. Because you can only do so much with this one thing they're doing. And yes, I'm referring to Jay Cargill's run. Because she's going to the end game is very obvious. They're, they aren't they aren't shy about it. She's gonna be like their. I, I don't. I hate using this comp, and I'm sure I'm gonna get a ton of shit for it. But she's on that like early Brock rise where it, like it's clear, it's clear as day. They want to put the belt on. They want her to be the next big thing, pun intended. And you're gonna have to do her Thunder Rosa. At some point, they have to at least cross paths at some point. And regardless if it's Jade as a dual champion or she somehow drops the TBS title to get to the AW title, 
there's going to have to be some kind of acknowledgement, weird exchange to give us the teaser for that. And we're going to come to a point where I, I would assume she would be going over because they've, they've put so much time and investment in on her and like her run that it would be frivolous to just be like, all right, here you go. And like lose like it. Yeah. The first time that uh, Thunder Rosa and Jade Cargirl touched when they wrestled in the TBS title tournament. That was the match she dressed up as a Weapon X. Yes. Yes, she, that's right. It wasn't a good match. Yeah, it wasn't that, much to that was, about. That was the botch one that had all them different botches, and then Mercedes Martinez showed up and hit it her with that her, bottle. Well, well, yeah, and it hits her with the bottle. Uh-huh. And I... uh yeah, you know what I mean? It just, it, it, they didn't really mesh. And hopefully by now, Jade's kind of got her timing down better and everything. And Thunder Rose is more open with and like being that's able to kind work of my like style. optimism that by like by the time they have to pull that trigger, which let's just say it's end of the year and okay. Jade keeps working with Brian Danielson in the training staff. And she keeps picking up because she seems to be picking up a lot, contrary to what people may think. She's really picking up a lot of stuff pretty quickly. So let's just say, like by like like by then, they've seen enough, they've got enough rapport back to be like you can attempt to pull the trigger on. And like by then, it'll be a respectable run for Thunder Rosa. It, it, It won't be like a Britt Baker run, but it'll be close enough. And I'm assuming like that's kind of her her goal to match that run or maybe even surpass it. But there's a big, huge potential megastar roadblock in that. And that's G. And they're they're gonna cash in on this because they've they put a lot of resources into it. Oh yeah. She debuted with Shaq. Yeah. So like you know no I mean? offense, like no offense, like they clearly have a vision in, in place yeah. for her. I, you're exactly right. I really couldn't have said that better. Jade Cargill is a fucking star. You know what I mean? Everybody knows that. Everybody that has a brain watches AEW. Or Even like the people that don't like AEW realize she does good. Yeah, and she like very and good. Like and and she passes that stereotypical star appeal for like channel changers. They're like, oh, uh, let, let me see what's on. They're passing through. Oh, it's first forty-eight. Oh, it's Law and Order SVU. Oh, wrestling. Wait a minute. Who's that? And they stop. Like Jade has that appeal. And I'm not she's, saying that. Yeah, dude. I'm she's not good saying with- that for guy reasons, because that goes without saying she's fucking beautiful. But yeah, she has that. Whoa, what's this? Mm-hmm. Just 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 off visuals, she has it. And then once you hear her, it, it's 50-50, I'm sure, but it does enough to bring you in. And it's only gotten better. She's only gotten better, I think. I mean, yeah, there's exactly been a couple right. of there's been a couple of little small step backs, but then there's yeah. been like quantum Bro, leaps to make up still, those small step backs. This is like her first year of wrestling. Yeah, you know, tech second, whatever. Now since it's 2022, but you get what I mean. Like it's uh she's still a, a rookie. Yeah. You know? So like, with her being how you said, book to the moon. She's what 32 and 0 or whatever. And 
I, I think it's 32 and 0. Yeah, they're going to do like a Goldberg type streak for her. She's going to go for a while. And it's going to, I really hope it's not fucking Athena who breaks that streak. I could see in no, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, we, we, aren't, we aren't breaking anything surprising. A, they had a double debut, which is apparently their, their new thing which kind of kills both debuts for both people, but that's another tangent for another time. Athena, WWE, given name, Ember Moon shows up. Wasn't a total surprise. I think all of us knew that that was in the back pocket. It was just a matter of when. Um, the roster's so crowded. Hopefully she's healthy and she and, and like gets like a, a good attempt to show what she's worth. Kind of, sort of like her first NXT run, like kind of like that, like like kind of show off your wares. My biggest concern is after the honeymoon phase, what is it going to be like for her on the mic and going forward? Because no offense, she wasn't that great on the mic. She has a great look. She she does good in ring, but the but the one thing she's not good at is like the promo and on the mic stuff. And what kind of like, what kind of presentation are we going to get from her? Is it going to be like Ember Moonish, but it, but not Ember Moonish? Is it going to be more herself? Like, 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 that's a big question mark for me. Yeah. For her. The the in ring in the look, I have no question. She'll get that over just because she has a unique look and it'll be over. It's all the, the little intricate stuff that like matters. That really is, that really has me uncomfortable. Like once that what that four to six weeks honeymoon period of yay, she's here is over. Yeah. Because again, they don't know how to book the division. As Ruby Soho, and I'm saving that for when we cross the, the Owen stuff. And like uh, I, I like I have a huge gripe about the whole thing. We'll go right into it. Okay. The Owen Hart Cup. Um, Adam Cole and Britt Baker. Men's and women's. There you go. Where do I start? First of all, kudos to Martha for finally letting wrestling back into her family's life and everything. Yes, I know if anybody's watched Dark Side, they probably know by now. The the little riff with her and WWE. I can appreciate the tournament for Owen. Because it's something for us that's long overdue. But it didn't feel right. It didn't have anything to make it feel right. There was no breath. There was no archival footage of Owen the way that they presented Owen. It was stampede stuff and New Japan stuff. There wasn't any of the obvious stuff that they kind of played off of to make the cup and make the tournament. Um. So that was a big turnoff for me. I'm like, yay, it's cool. We're doing it for them, but it's not in the right place. If they would do this in WWE, they would do it right. You would have Brett involved. You'd have D.H. Smith involved. You'd have Natty kind of be involved. Like, like, like they have all the stuff to make that tournament feel the way that they wanted this tournament to be. And it just didn't work because they didn't have the key ingredients to make it work. And I know Martha is a 
different bird and walks to the beat of her own drum. And that's fine. And I'm glad, and, and like, I'm glad she let some wrestling back in because she seemed yeah. to be extraordinarily anti-wrestling for a long time. Yeah. And Tony and them are doing good favors. I get that. Cool. Um, not a fan of the title just because there's way too many titles in a. Oh, in, that's just a complimentary gift. That's yeah, not going to be I mean, like, I mean, like, I was hoping for like a big trophy. They did. Big they trophy big... that had, had like both their names and script or two separate trophies and they engraved themselves the inaugural winner. They did. Um, oh, okay. I, yeah. I, I like she oh, oh, oh. carried the big cups and everything. Yeah. It, they gave it, them the belts. It was like, the, the, only, the only thing I saw was the uh, stampede like tribute titles, which do look uh, nice. Yeah. Which do look nice. I but tried it, to just, give you my I tried to just, give you my feed for the pay-per-view. Yeah, it was game seven, and I was running on fumes and watching over I the, it. and watching over the pop that was getting ready for a surgery. Yeah, yeah. That gotcha. and then I, I just didn't have the stamina to sit through another long pay-per-view. <laughs> like I, I like I didn't, but but like I caught blips and pieces on on Memorial Day prior to us recording for Strange Days. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, as far as Adam Cole and Britt Baker winning, I get why. I don't like it. Um, Adam Cole needed it more because, again, the way he's been presented since coming in, he has the cool entrance at All Out, but then a minute later, it gets trumped by Brian Danielson. And then his introductory run has been, how can I word it, heartbreaking. Him losing to Orange Cassidy and just kind of his presentation. Yeah, you, you, you know, the friend hug finish and all that shit. And just from what and how he was presented in NXT is complete night and day from how it's been so far. So I think he needed, especially off the Adam Cole character, or he's that character, especially the way Adam Cole is, he needs something to gloat about. And ironically, that's very Owen of him. That's very Owen Hart of him to gloat about the trophy and being the first winner. All due respect to Britt. I know Britt's over. I know that's like Tony's personal favorite. She didn't need it. Ruby Soho desperately needed it because they have completely fumbled the bag on everything with her. They don't put her on TV. They barely shuffle her away on, on, on those obnoxious you like, like YouTube shows. Like you give her the live band that plays her music. She has the vest that says it's time for a change. And we go with Doc. Uh, like, and we go with Brevator, who doesn't need it. The only reason why you gave it is, is to make them this power couple, but you have an annoying power couple that's got some go-home heat right now with Sammy and Ty. So what was like half of half the couple needed it, the other half didn't. And honestly, it wouldn't have affected anything. You're exactly right. I mean, I I can see why they did give it to Britt and Adam. So they had that moment of them holding hands, holding up together and you know what I mean? Like that can that goes into that how you're talking. They have to build that lineage and that history. That's just another uh, 
chink in the armor that they could throw. Uh, like, here, look at our lineage building. We're building this lineage, you know. And let's say they keep doing the Owen. And then in five years, seven years, whatever, 10 years, they'll be looking back and being like, oh, Adam Cole and, you know, Britt Baker. If they stay together, that'll be a great moment for AEW. If they end up uh, not working out, they just put themselves into that weird predicament of your very first own heart tournament cup is won by a couple that's no longer a couple because yeah. they were smooching and holding hands and you know what I mean? And you're going to have to chop that footage. <laughs> exactly. You're going to have to erase that from like the ether. Yeah. Your video team is going to have to be working overtime to make it look like you just had two winners. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like how at Mania 33 down in Orlando that year, uh, the way year was 2017, 2018, whatever year that was, the Hardys came back that night in Orlando when Cena proposed to Nikki Bella. And they've had to do a ton of work on that. They just act like it never happened. happened. That, <laughs> they're sight, they're trying to scrub that shit. Yeah, you know what I mean? They erased that from fucking WrestleMania history. That's almost as bad as Big Boss Man being hung from hung a fucking cage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, god damn, they don't want to talk about that ever. That Hell in a Cell match has been erased. But yeah, that all that shit is just like little fucking blips on the radar of their lineage though you get what i'm saying yeah so let's hope that that fucking first owen tournament doesn't be a blip in 10 years from now you know yeah. that's ultimately and i'm not being on a that, wwe cause... show when i say this i think anyone with half wrestling knowledge could at least admit publicly if this was done in wwe it would have hit a lot different because they would have had a lot of those sentimental things. Yeah, they would have had all the Owen footage, all the memories, all the videos, all the promos, all the documentary footage of Brett telling stories and Stu telling stories and, you know, Davey every boy. superstar. Yeah, even that, you know what I mean? The Davy Boy Anvil aspect, you know? And then you can interview modern people, you know, like D.H. Smith, like you were saying, like Tyson Kidd, like Natalia, and get their fucking point of views on, you know what I mean? Yes, it gives you that more of the heart lineage, but like Martha even said at the media scrum, like it's just uh, it wasn't. It, she had been approached by the people who are doing the Owen figures now, Jazzwares, when Jeremy Padauer was working for Jax doing the classic superstars line, and then he approached her to do Owen for the you know for the uh, the classic superstars line, and she just said absolutely not. It just it wasn't the wasn't the right time and definitely wasn't the right place and then that's what she said about the tournament that it, it just it was the right time and AEW was the right place that's why she can trust the owen legacy in AEW. Okay. yeah because everybody looks you know tony connor is like i mean he is the good guy uh, but ultimately you know what i mean like the evil empire does have all the footage you know has, has all the crucial stuff that that would have made it like it, awesome, like more awesome. It'd be like, say, okay, say you're working in a warehouse, like a factory, and you're working in part of the factory and something happens and there's an explosion or something crazy as hell and you die in that factory. And then that job goes to Kelly and they're like, 
hey, we want to rename this warehouse after Ray, a place where he died. We want to rename after him. So now every time you look at that building, you're going to remember him dying. You're going to remember the shit that you tried to talk him out of. Maybe you tried to get him to stay on that day. You know what I'm trying to say? So that's why she has that such ill will against WWE because that place took away her love forever. You know what I mean? Like she can always continue to love Owen, but he's never going to be here again because of their stupidity of having to have the blue blazer repel like a fucking bird because Sting repels from the fucking ceiling. And that's even what she goes on to say because that was all in the on the dark side. They had it in the paperwork for court and everything. WWE wanted to kind of one-up what they were doing with Sting, so they figured let's mock it and have the blue blazer come down and show them that it's no big deal to repel from the ceiling just to show them up. And it, Owen died. Because yeah, if you remember... That wasn't the first time when he repelled that night that he died. They had been doing it been for doing like it a month or so prior. The last pay-per-view before that, he repelled down and then he purposely got stuck and was hanging right there. And then people were just beating his ass while he was like hanging there. Yeah, like pin, like pinata style. Exactly. And that was the whole spoof of blue blazer turned into this like joke of like woo say your prayers and you know eat your vitamins woo yeah live dynamite looking live dynamite looking uh punk ftr won they won their tag match um cut a promo and then uh tanahashi came out i don't know he didn't say anything i don't think he just came out waved to the crowd left uh mjf is in the ring now can't really hear what he's saying, but I'm assuming it's gold, especially with uh, his very exciting weekend. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so far, it's been a pretty good start to Dynamite. Like, hopefully they keep it up. I know they're in L.A. They're in the forum that hasn't been used probably for a long time. So, hopefully they put a good show on for that crowd because they don't go out west very often that far out west anyway. That's yeah, her first time out there, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, the young Bucks that, were making a big deal about it since that's like... Their that's home. pretty much like in their backyard. Yeah. Um, that was talked about on Being the Elite this past week, you know, basically. Um, they don't have to travel, you know what I mean? The, it was a whole week of being at home and whatnot. Um, yeah. We're still talking about New Japan and everything. Finally got some fucking settle it in the uh, Kota Ibushi situation. Okay. And uh, him and New Japan settled and he stays. They apologize to him publicly and bow and say, hey, sorry, we messed up. The person who had been handling Tanahashi's, or well, Tanahashi, because you said it, person who had been handling Ibushi's affairs and treating him bad and all that crazy stuff, New Japan let out in their statement that that guy will be punished. For his actions that's a weird way to word that. i was just gonna say that's a little weird to say and uh <laughs> i i literally said when i read that i was like oh what somebody needs to check and make sure that that guy is seen again yeah because that sounds very that meeting it sounds you know very <laughs> yeah. how, how ironic it sounds very uh 
Yakuza like. Uh huh. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh. It, it, Somebody it, needs to check on that guy and his wife and kids. I feel like, oh, you couldn't say like suspended or punished severely or like, you know, or handled yeah. or handled in house, like just anything else. At, so Kota Abushi gets the, you know, gets the go ahead from New Japan and he's going to stay. And I just, I, man, whew, I didn't see that coming. I really didn't. I expected to see him walk away from New Japan, like we said, and come to America, to be honest with you. So I don't know. I'm glad that, you know, glad everything didn't, yeah, like it didn't blow up. Yeah. Because it could, like we said, it could have been a lot worse. It could have been a dark side type story. You didn't hear I mean, I'm trying to tune in. The crowd's going to eat shit for NJS promo. Said something about boss. Listen to me. I'm the best. So he must be talking about everything that's. He's calling out Tony. Yeah. See now what do they do from this point? You know what I mean? Yeah. Who the fuck? Who is he feuding with? Tony Khan? I don't you know. know what I mean? but- I, I, I'm going to just, oh, and they cut his mic off. The lights went out, which look, oh, then it just went to commercial. So it just abruptly yep. went to commercial. Mike went out. He checked the mic, threw it down, left. He went, he gave a long cursing tangent that like they bleeped out. So they must, and I'm just going to bet on this safely. I think we just saw or heard an MJF face turn because, because the crowd is, Uber behind him with with wow. whatever he was saying. I'm gonna have to check it out like after the show. But the crowd was like yes chanting and there were people crying and being emotional. So he must have said something about what everyone's probably talking about. His contract situ- his contract situation and what's to happen. He he said one part I got clearly was was would would you treat me the same if I was an ex-WWE guy in the crowd, of course, who's and Oz. So I don't, I'm, I'm sure it's not all shoot and work, but it, it, it leaves some injury. And I'm kind of shocked that he was on the show tonight. Yeah, that came out last minute. And I was like, see, they should have kept him away for a little bit, especially after everything, and then had him come back and, you know, air his grievances. But, you know, that's here nor there. Tony Khan's kind of impatient to begin with. Um, my thing is, I mean, it came out that MJF was literally making what, like an average NXT person would make like $150,000 a year compared to I didn't know everybody that. else was Mark Henry and Malachi yeah, Black. I, I saw Christian something Cage, that like those Adam guys Cole. make more than him. Yeah. They were making millions a year. And he's not. And he's making $150,000 a year. Oh my God. That's so criminal. <laughs> You know what I mean? So he's cool. making a basic contract because he's going off the still original contract from when he came in. So and they're probably I gonna mean, try to squeeze that out of him. Yeah, I mean, well, the whole negotiation thing had been talked about for the past couple of years now that 2024 was when his contract was up. Okay, that he went and became this fucking star, but bro, you wait that contract out. 
that's where that big money is. You don't go and fucking, okay, yeah, I get that they're trying to work us and stuff, but like in real life, you don't just go and fucking attempt to run away and quit and take your ball and go home. Like in real life, Stone Cold did it. You know what I mean? Because he didn't want to lose to Brock. I'm not comparing MJF to Stone Cold on that situation other than them having the same thing in common of leaving when they didn't like the booking. Am I saying they're on the same star power? No, 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 nothing like that. I'm saying it as just the comparison. But on that, with the whole thing, it's especially somebody young like MJF, you're supposed to wait that shit out. That's where the big money comes in on that payoff. You know what I mean? Because then if you if you do that weird shit and you go and fucking, oh, I quit and you try and go home or book flights to leave and stuff, all that really does is make you look like unreliable. You know what I mean? And it doesn't give you a good look enough to where people are going to want to invest real money and real like growth into you. Well, no. what's going on? They're recapping what Punk and FTR said. Probably to cover some time. Um, Tanahashi comes out, points to the group. I'm going to assume that we're probably going to get Punk Tanahashi. That's kind of what they tease. Like he he does the signal for for, for the belt points, and they yeah they pretty much cover that. They have they're trying to speed past what just happened. <laughs> And Johnny Elite's coming out because he lives in L.A., so why not have him there? So, But um, to go back to the MGF thing, he's following the template of a lot of other pro sport players, particularly the NFL guys, who usually do the holdout thing to get a new contract because nine out of ten NFL players' contracts are fucking criminal to fucking begin with. So he's doing the whole, I'm worth my money, like give me the holdout and they break and give in because eight times out of 10, whenever that happens during, during the football summer, they usually get it or they're usually, they usually get the money or get traded to a team that will pay the money. So he's kind of following that template of what the football players and what some basketball players do. You hold out or go home, get the money, and then you go from there. Obviously, I don't know how how ironclad his AEW contract is to where if he got out early, would he have to sit the full two years before he can make the move over if 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 that's an option, which which would be great, which which would be great for him, you know, because because he has an ally there, obviously. Um I think it would be foolish for foolish for Tony to not at least go to the table and be like, hey, man, what can we do to rectify blank? And just simply acknowledge, listen, I know, I know the pay structure doesn't match your value and impact. We're working on matching that. If we can get something done sooner, it makes everyone happy. But if we can't, you got to make like some kind of assurance that when your time comes, we will have Brinks trucks ready for you. 
because I'm assuming you wouldn't want him to fucking go because do not get it twisted. Vince has people or has someone keeping tabs on him. And no oh, offense, yeah. he can always just go to Cody and be like, what's up with this kid? And he and, and he can get the intel that way. And, and yay, quick update. Johnny Elite's opponent is Miro. Miro's back. Miro's back. Yes. Thank Fucking God. A. <laughs> he he can pick a. up where like he left off. Good. There's, awesome. there's the new TNT title contender. It has to be. He has you know to get I mean? that belt back. The old kick-ass bullhorn music and everything. He, he cut like a little promo before. He comes out. So it's Miro versus Mort. Miro versus Johnny Elite. That was probably going to be a banger of a match. And, yeah. and he looks in, well, I mean, like he always does. He looks in kick-ass shape. He, he, he definitely has doubled down on like the whole gladiator look thing. Nice. He was away filming that show for uh, CBS. Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, isn't he, or, what, or, or, or wasn't he filming like a show for the CBS app or the CBS channel? Yeah, it was, uh, mm-hmm. it's a little Darth Vader. No, I, that's what I was holding this little Darth Vader. But yeah, with the MJF thing, it. But yeah, that, that it no, would be honest foolish. to God. It yeah. would be foolish for them to just be like, okay, go. Because if you don't think the other side of the fence doesn't watch your product or doesn't have eyes on certain people, then you're completely naive. Like, I'm sorry to tell the AEW hardcore faithful this, but there's a good possibility that MJF. Wardlow, and I'm probably going to throw a wild card name in here. Darby Allen are on Vince's radar for sure because because Vince can see Darby and be like, this is another chance to do things right that like we kind of couldn't with Jeff because of Jeff's issues and checkered past and history. And you can see a merchandising move with Darby in, in WWE. They'll clearly water it down or some shit and change the name. Like, I would say Hangman Page is on that radar, but I'm not 100% sure. But Wardlow and MJF are definitely 1,000% on Vince's radar. He's got mental notes on those two. And especially Wardlow. Especially if not him himself, Bruce Pritchard and Johnny Ace. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, see, I don't know. I with this whole new way of WWE and everything, I don't really know their way of thinking anymore. When they're releasing people left and right and then changing their direction front and center. I it's so strange. It's just like I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what to begin their radar would even look like anymore, to be honest with you. Like, yeah, obviously they want the big beefy guys and everything. It's like, but then look at NXT 2.0. Like, yeah, you got your bigger guys and whatnot. But that's that and little girls. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, what you know, the, are they really the, trying uh, to build the for? Johnny A special, essentially. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I, I see where you're coming from and I get it. 
But I also feel if push came the shove and there was like an obvious slam dunk choice to profit on something and kind of be petty and stick it to him, kind of sort of like they did with Cody, it would be a big coup to get Warlow to come over. It would be a big coup to get MJF over there. And that would be more of like Bruce probably spinning it to Vince or Vince being like, let's take a risk on this guy because look at him and he's clearly got something. And again, if you don't think that they're not tapping the Cody well for, for resources and information, you're sadly mistaken. They, they, they most likely talked about it already. They probably did. I could see like Cody and 10 always had like that weird relationship. Like, you know, even on the Sammy vlog when Cody was still there and yeah. 10 was on and it was a different time. Um, I could see like somebody like 10 being a random person. Like I, you know, I really don't like speculating or anything like how I just said on that with that people that could go because I really don't know their radar. But like I said, if we're going to go based on that alone, yeah, I, I could see somebody like 10, you know, the bigger beefier guys of course Wardlow and MJF like we just said but I don't know I don't know I guess I'd be more surprised if somebody like Darby Allen would go ahead and leave if that makes sense that's why I don't really like you know what I mean that that wouldn't be my first choice at all because of his dedication he's more one of those people he okay. knows that like so I'll throw he, out another name I highly All doubt right. it's going to be like this anymore, but he probably was at one point. If he gets back on the right track and like and like and also like improves, could Jungle Boy be on that radar just based off of who he is? Probably not because like he's a smaller dude like that. If NXT was still yellow and black, NXT golden black, black gold, whatever the fuck. Um, if NXT was still NXT of old, yeah, I think we would over there on NXT with the black and gold, we'd have seen like Wheeler, Utah, Daniel Garcia, you know, people like that over on NXT with William Regal and Triple H and the outlaws and, you know, stuff like that. But once NXT had that overhaul and people like William Regal left and, you know, everything along those lines, that whole way of thinking of like the smaller kind of fast paced indie riffic guys has kind of been like completely thrown away. They have those random piss away matches with like Ikaminjiro and stuff. You know, Kushida already left NXT. There's not that cruiserweight necessary division anymore. And you're not going to put like small little cruiserweight guys in the intercontinental title division on the main roster. And there's the North American title, but you have like a decent uh, lineage with that type of style. And now it's kind of even, I don't know, there's still even that mid card of NXT guys that they keep in that. So there's not really like a room for that. You get what I'm trying to say? There's not really a room for that different smaller guy style anymore in WWE. The cruiserweight division seemed doomed to begin with. So like that defeats Pretty much. a lot. You know what I'm trying to say? Like 
a lot of them other guys like a Jack Perry or a Darby is something that might fit perfectly into that original thought that they had for that. It's all gone. So, I mean, not everybody's going to get that Cody treatment. Here's a good one that I seen actually today. I seen somebody was saying that Stu Grayson could possibly go to WWE. Let me tell you this. Stu Grayson is not going to get a fucking Cody Rhodes treatment if he goes to WWE. No, he's, let, he, he's definitely Let me say kid. that. You know what I mean? No offense to Stu Grayson, but he's not going to, you know, he's not even going to be a, a cliff note for something. You know what I mean? It's, he'd be a random guy that showed up in the background and they would try and make completely over as their own. You know what I mean? Or do something like with him on 2.0. That's what I mean. Oh, he wouldn't go to the main roster. That's no, what I'm trying okay. to say to you. That's what I'm trying to say to you. He wouldn't get that fucking Cody treatment or nothing. They would strip him completely down. He'd be in 2.0 fucking coming with in. With a whole yeah. new name. and Yeah, yeah start out by jobbing out because they're not going to give him no build package or nothing. And I just, I don't know. I seen that and that's exactly that example that a lot of them other AW guys got to realize too. If it wasn't for people like the Bucks and Omega and all them and Cody and stuff reaching their necks out like, hey, Tony, you should hire these people. They wouldn't even be hired by anybody right now. They wouldn't be on TV. They wouldn't be wrestling that. They got contracts because of their friends. And now that that's starting to phase out and go away, you see people like Joey Janela just going away, going back to GCW. You know what I mean? And just other things that are just they're starting to clear out from the original birth of AEW. Do I see them doing anything like, uh, yeah, a lot of people are going to be pushed to the ROH side of the AEW new brand, but still a lot of it, Jack Evans is gone. You know what I mean? Different things like that. It's, uh, I don't know. It's a different time, I guess I'll say. I mean, we should probably get back to the pay-per-view review. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I mean, we went off, we, we we took a detour, but it was a well-deserved detour because it was a, a, a meaty subject to get into because that yeah that's kind of been like what's on everyone's mind this whole weekend. But well, um to go back yeah, to the show we took layers of that dip. Yeah. Uh from what I saw and what everyone says and is saying the anarchy in the arena match was everyone's favorite. Um it wasn't bad. I kind of I, I see it as stadium stampede just in a arena. I thought playing wild thing on a loop for 10 minutes was kind of funny. And then Jericho breaks the soundboard to cut the music off. That was pretty funny. Um, or a cool moment, shouldn't say funny. Um the the picture of the match is clearly when Kingston comes back, kind of like Jason Voorhees, and he has the gas can. Obviously, that's Kind of a cool, but kind of a hokey moment. Um, a little shocked that Jericho Appreciation Society pulls out the win. I don't know if that's going to layer into something where Kingston and Danielson will clash and it puts Moxley in the middle where he has to pick a side because he's cool with Kingston and Blackpool Combat Club with Regal and Danielson. So it's okay. The Appreciation Society's out now. I'm sure it's standard Jericho spiel and spick um uh the match that i was impressed with and i think a lot of people should have been impressed with because it was kind of a late ad 
was O'Reilly and Darby. Like that, that was a solid match. Um, we went over Jade's match. We went over the women's matches. Um, the six man tag was another one that people really were into. I don't know if it's because of the style with House of Black, Death Triangle. What, what, what is this? Part 50. Um, and, hopefully and that's Julia done. Hart. Hopefully that's done and didn't bury. We finally get Julia turning, which is like three months later than when it should have been or done. Hopefully there's some some freshness done for either faction because that rivalry is just stale to death. Um, the I was shocked by the Andrade promo. I figured with uh, his nuptials, he wasn't going to have anything on it. And to bring in Rush was, again, you, you kind of figured at some point that they would interact and bring them in and bring that original group back. So I guess the Hardy or Andrade family office thing is officially dead and everybody's going to go their separate ways because they're going to redo this. Um, That's what one of them tweeted, either Rush or Andrade tweeted that exact thing. They own the name with the Los Ingrinables or whatever the hell. Um, well, that would be awesome not, to at least attempt to do that. It's the member because Rush was in ROH with the spinoff group as well. Yes, the, the the one with Kenny King and uh-huh. like kind of the the bastardized version of it. Mm-hmm. And it's I again, it, like I said, it's just more of a deep roster. So I mean, I I can see the rush AWROH kind of tie-in. You know what I mean? And have them cover both bases. You get what I mean? If they need to, the LIJ thing can appear over on uh, ROH instead of being over here on Dynamite. You know what I mean? Yeah, like uh, like uh, attempt to spread the wealth, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, my whole thing is is like this roster is getting deeper and deeper. They need to figure out something if they're gonna build ROH again, because they need to get that ball rolling to help get people more exposed, so people aren't just Sitting you know I mean? around, yeah, yeah, that was everybody hounded WWE about that shit. You know what I mean? Oh, they but signed really everybody not with AEW, like exactly I mean, like, at you, all. It, it's like you hear murmurs from us and other like pseudo smart fans, but you're not really hearing it the way everyone jumps on WWE and is like, "This is too much." You don't have space. You're not gonna hear. You're not gonna hear fucking Sean Ross, Seps little bitch ass, say something. You're not going to hear any of them fucking goons who follow him around say anything. You're not going to hear Dave Meltzer say anything. You're not going to hear Busted Open say anything. That's just kind of how it is. And Am I saying they're all AEW shills? No, some of them idiots are, but the majority of them are just kind of journalists doing their thing. It's the whole thing of the criticism of WWE is always so much higher because they have so many... Uh, Nah, they have so many strikes against them. We'll say that. Yeah. Just, you know what I'm trying to say? And like, and, and, and this is why I've always said this to you and to some of my other friends. I'm like, you guys are like, like, I get it. I like AW2. I am very critical of a lot of the stuff they do. And this is why I'm like, would you like or tolerate this stuff if it was a segment on Monday Night Raw? If your answer is no, then it's no different than it being on dynamite. Like no offense. 
like no offense if orange and I, I i know that he's like my personal like whipping boy because I, I just don't fucking get it with him but if wwe did an orange cassidy like thing on raw would you love it the way you love what's going on in AEW? would you like any of the chris jericho i i'm gonna say it monday night raw mass like 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 masturbatory tribute stuff that he's doing now that he probably wanted to do in WWE, but smarter minds were like, no, it's not going to work on here, but he's doing it over here. Would you like it on that side compared to the way that you're buying into it now? Because it's on AEW, like, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, is this, question, such a, is this it, question aimed at me or is this question aimed at your other friends? Cause no, I can give you my answer. I mean, yes, I'm asking you, but like I'm asking like a general question. Like, why is it okay or accepted or beloved here in AEW? But if WWE or a segment on Raw did something similar to it, everyone would be quick to rush, rush to the famous blue app and tear it to shreds and burn it down to the ashes. I'm critical just as much on dumb things that AEW does. I'm not a huge Orange Cassidy fan. I know that. But you also got to take into remembrance and consideration. You're standing at bat for a company that had fucking zombies. Fucking zombies eat their wrestlers. I know zombie Elvis and all. Trust me, that hasn't left my mind. It's very much scarred into my mind as in what the hell are we doing? There's your same bullshit, if not worse, than AEW has ever done. The zombies are worse than the hug fall. The zombies are worse than Orange Cassidy with his hands in his pockets. That dumb shit. The terrible 24-7 title segments and shit. All that dumb stuff with the weddings with Tamina and uh, Kiritazawa and all that dumb shit. I am just as critical of AEW as I am WWE, but WWE does just as much dumb shit that AEW does. And when I can even say dumb shit, I mean, yeah, there's a few people in AEW that clearly had that. We had ideas when we were in WWE and we can do them here because Tony says so mentality. And yeah, fucking some of it works and, well, some of it fucking really doesn't. I don't know. Um, I'll say this. When House of Black first came, I was all for it. Me too. All for it. I love a good death metal. I House of Black, Malachi, you know, fucking Brody King. And then they added Buddy Murphy and everything. Great. Then the whole thing with the, the Varsity Blondes and Fuego Del Sol and Randomly Dark Order and Fuego Del Sol for a little bit. But the whole thing with Julia Hart, Malachi sprayed that mist. It didn't even hit her. It hit fucking Pillman. He sold it until he realized, oh, I'm not supposed to sell this. Help Julia Hart. That was it. Varsity Blondes get beat up. They haven't been on TV in how long now? They feud with Death Triangle. Out of nowhere, there's Julia Hart from the previous feud finally turning all this time later with no clue on where the fuck any of this direction is even going, let alone if the feud with Death Triangle's even over, to be able to continue with, are they going to really continue feuding with Varsity Blondes? 
because Julia Hart turned on them now? Where is this all going? Are we just going to be looking at automatic new clean slate tonight? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, there's so many uh, unnecessary what ifs because they let these people, some of these people do this Rome free booking. That's why you get a lot of the, I, I get why Jericho's doing all the entertainment thing. He's trying really hard to get people to not like them, but get them over in the same breath because you're going to have people that love that, but then you're also going to have people that white heat hate that shit because entertainment isn't supposed to be on AEW TV. That shit's for WWE. So then if you're acting like the bad guy who are these sports entertainers, you're going to have them people that can't tell and separate that fucking reality who have that white hate heat for you who are going to want to fucking kill you. That's essentially where I can see the Jericho thing. That's why I kind of give that more of a pass than I would House of Black or something along the lines of what they were doing with like all the weird nightmare family shit, all them different layers for all them different tries that they did with Brandy and all that stuff. There's so many things that worked and then didn't work. And then, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, but honestly, more hasn't really than has. All Everything that's really necessarily worked, yeah, the superstars might have had an input, but it's AEW homegrown stuff that's been working. All these later on signees, it's hit or miss. To be honest with you, they signed Mark Henry and Big Show to sit on YouTube and do commentary. Do you realize that? I do, and it it's still head scratching. Like honestly, like I mean, they need to put Big Show, Paul White, on basically like a back of a milk carton because we haven't seen him essentially on since YouTube. he's been signed. I'm... He had one match with QT Marshall, yeah, and then one random match on Dark, and <laughs> that's all I can think of. Oh, Billy Gunn beat him up with the chair at the pay-per-view that one time. Never went anywhere with it. And I, I love Mark Henry, but all he does is, ladies and gentlemen, it's time. Like, that's essentially what he does, <laughs> like, once a week. Yeah. yeah. He's going to be a broadcaster announcer. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. You, cool. you need Mark Henry, though, for that? You couldn't use somebody else for that? You know what I mean? No offense to Mark Henry, but is that more of just a, a shot of, haha, look, another WWE person, or haha, another big name, compared to like, here, let's put somebody else in this role that can grow and make it their own? Yeah. That's my gripe with that situation. So, I mean, yeah, that, that was my little sidebar tangent. Um, with that, that was our back and forth debate. Yeah, our huh? back and forth, not argument, but debate. We don't argue, motherfucker. Bull session. Yeah. It's like um, first take. We just go back and forth. Yeah. It's a very much more sophisticated version of, 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 of first take. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, to go back, the Hardys um, box match wasn't the best, wasn't the worst. I also didn't have the highest of expectations for it because the match that I seen years ago when it was white hot was probably the apex. I don't think we're going to get anything like that in AW just because the Hardys are older, they're broken down more and 
Matt and Nick can work but so much magic in that position. So I'll just breeze by that without without coming off like a full hater. It just wasn't. Yeah. The only thing that I was going to say was pretty much that was it was really obvious that we weren't getting the Hardys of like 97, 98, 99. No, hard as they try. We were getting the 2022 versions of the Hardys. And I don't know, something with the timing with like the Bucks and the Hardys this match didn't really click. That fucking Swanton Jeff threw onto Matt onto the stairs looked more like a cannonball kind of dive, man. <laughs> there was no like, uh, arch, he just was like, There was Whoa. no grease, exactly. Like, uh, Cornette said, It just so. there was something completely not there. And I just, uh, I've actually watched that match back since because of that. And it's still not, you're right, the Hardys are definitely older. Jeff's in his 40s, that's why he's not on dynamite tonight because he hurt himself. Um, he actually. Well, I mean, he came down. No, no, he came, they, he, he, he came down with match. Matt. Yeah. Came out with, with, with with Matt, but he's not in the match. It's right now another quick live dynamite kick. It's O'Reilly and Fish with the Bucks with Cole uh-huh. and oh, what's his Haku, name? Haku Leo. Oh, thank you. Or I guess that's Haku's young son, the big mammoth monster, which I don't get. Which again, I, I know he's with the Bullet Club. I don't. I guess I get the affiliation. Well, with he's Cole a and company. Dynamite before with the whole thing. They tried to play it up on Twitter uh, just these past couple of days since Adam Cole was hurt and Jeff Hardy was hurt. They appointed people to be on. That's why Darby Allen's there, and that's why Haku Leo's there. Yeah. Um, Jeff Hardy appointed Darby Allen to replace him. Adam Cole added Haku Leo for some reason. Um, just be in the corner. He's not. He's not yeah. on the ropes or anything. Haku Leo is the son of Haku and the brother of Gorillas of Destiny. Yeah, I When I seen that Haku Leo was going to be the uh, the fill in, that made me think: Is this going to be another build for Forbidden Door? Is something going to happen? You know what I mean? Like, is he going to cost them? Is he is he going to be the one to take the pinfall? And then, like, he's getting jumped by the elite, and then the Bullet Club comes out. You know what I'm trying well, to say? Like, well, again, from what I'm an, looking at now, he's not in the match. He's not in the match. It's 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 O'Reilly. Yeah, it looks like it's Matt, Christian, yeah. Jungle Boy, and Darby. So it's those four with the Bucks, O'Reilly, and Fish. He looks like he's just ringside. Yeah, they probably all can't stand on the turnbuckle because oh, it's a true. 10-man fucking tag. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Three on one side and two on the other. So they'll do the big man rotating mm-hmm. in when somebody else tags in. Because that's how the clusterfuck is of a 10-man tag. <laughs> so you know that's what I mean? what's happening there. Um, I guess I'll dive into my gripe with the tag match from Sunday. God, I, I sound so harsh, but fuck it. Here it goes. <laughs> Nothing against Jurassic Express. I like them, especially now without Marco Stunt coming involved. I know they're over. I know they're popular. They, they've got an audience. You don't have to sell me on that. I'm with you. 
Sunday was the time for a change. And particularly if you would have given it to Starks and Hobbs, and Hobbs who, yep. who are ridiculously over and finally give Team Taz some, some bite to go with their bark. Some relevancy. Exactly. Like, that's the right time. Like, how much longer are we going to just derail and sideline Hobbs and just look over Starks? Yes, I know Swerve and Keith Lee, which I like this name, and I'm kicking myself for not thinking of it. Strict Lee business. I'm kicking myself for not thinking of that. God damn it. Because when they came out. When they came out at the pay-per-view, they they came out and they said swerving, uh, swerving my glory. And I was like, Ray said that last week. And okay. Katie was like, you know what I mean? And Katie was like, really? And I was like, yeah, I'm telling you that. I just heard that. And it gave me fucking goosebumps because Ray just said that last week when we were thinking of different names. <laughs> and watching that match, I swear to God, I thought, I, I'm not kidding. I thought Starks and Hobbs were going to win. Me like, too. There was, a couple little spots in that fucking match that like, okay, this could really be it when you see it build and it happens and then it's a late kick out at two. And then it happened and then Jungle Boy got that last roll up real quick and it was over. So well, I, I just, it's, they're kind of in the hangman spot for like well, a tag team. One thing I forgot though was at the end of the match, Luchasaurus always puts Jungle Boy on his shoulders. Yeah. So like Christian... So- to like match Christian dove in the ring, jumped right in, and he picked up Jungle Boy and put him on his shoulders. And Luchasaurus was looking all like, "What the fuck?" It looks like they're kind of building that Christian tension in between Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus because now it it makes sense on the week prior on Dynamite when Christian made the fucking tag title match, and Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy were kind of looking at him like, "What the fuck?" You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Christian's kind of getting a little too big for his britches in that team. So there's going to be that turn coming out of it. Maybe that's why they held onto the belts to like, you know what I mean? Have something to lose when it's time for Christian to turn on them. Okay. I mean, I didn't think of it that way. I just like, it's time. You got two viable tag teams that you can put it on and really like put a new, a new coat of paint on it kind of thing. Yeah. I would have loved that. Honestly, I, I would have loved that. But when it didn't happen, then they showed that weird like reaction with Christian and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. That made a little bit more sense on why they didn't take the belts off right away. So maybe on like a random rampage or something in a month, just or to draw ratings. I'm going to assume that there's like another battle of the belts coming for like the summer, right? There has yeah, to be. I, yeah, didn't think of that. But you, you get what I mean? It'll be like, to draw some ratings, there'll be a tag title match. Christian will fucking turn on them and they'll lose the belts. I can dig that. I was just a little like, oh. Maybe that loss will finally be to Team Taz. That would be fucking cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, Team Taz just needs they need substance. Like, like, like you said. I mean, because I'm just going to go with, it's Team Taz and like hooks off in, in like his own separate universe right now. So he's with the team, but he's not with the team. He's kind of in his own his own lane. And then there's yeah. Darks and Hobbs with Taz. And it's like, when are they going to finally bite instead of barking all the time and finally like come through on it? How funny would it be if Dan Hawson like weasel his way into Team Taz? 
as 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 kind of annoying like at, as it is i would i would I'd, I'd probably get a i'd probably get a cheap chuckle out of it i'd be like yeah so out of all the people that like that like taz would welcome into the team taz it, it's gonna be this guy <laughs> yeah that's what i mean like oh fuck you know dan hasn't trying to act like all right it could be all serious wrestling you yeah know? oh man and like Dan Housen gets like grandfathered in just kind of because he's Hook's friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. That'd be but, so funny. Let me put orange under my eyes. He like how he always says the red. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's so funny. Oh, man. I just randomly thought about that. That's so funny. But that's pretty much yeah. double or nothing coverage. We covered everything as justly as we can. Yeah. The, the, the only stuff. title change. Yeah. Was, the only was, title change was, was Punk. Which yeah. is kind of shocking because usually they do like one or two, but I guess they played it close to the vest and just did one. So, but um, there actually, did we cover that weird six man with Kazarian and Sammy and Ty? I completely forgot it. Um, I guess I we can gloss over it. Well, um, it Paige Van Zandt's first match. Yeah, she gives herself way too much credit. Okay, I've seen worse debuts, but it wasn't that good for her. So her timing was just not good, you know, for her first match. It yeah. just wasn't that good. Real awkward drop toe hold, you know, a couple other things. Just she kept trying to just too much worry about like, yeah, trying to like, like damn hyping the, the crowd. Yeah, like doing the little cut behind the ears and stuff. Like, all right, you know, okay. Yeah. And she'll do like, like the come on. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I wasn't gonna put it on the Logan Paul bad, bad like bunny scale, but it wasn't the worst thing either because you know she is a real fighter, even though it breaks my brain that someone that someone that cute and like adorable does bare knuckle fighting. I just don't fucking understand it. But like, but like at least her effort was there, and that I can appreciate. And I, I think if they keep her in the loop it can get better and i'm sure if you put her in with like a more veteran hand it'll be nothing but improvement like uh, like uh, like it's nothing against taikati but she's still kind of like rough around the edges yeah so that wasn't I probably agree. the smartest thing to do <laughs> but but that was the only option that like they had based on this this never ending rivalry thing like that I hope's over. They had like 8 million belts in this match, which I, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of belted out. Um, I, I get it, but I didn't get it. I know they're trying to make Sammy and Ty kind of take over the Cody Brandy spot. They're really trying and it's kind of working, but it's kind of not. Um, Scorpio sky solid. I don't mind him as TNT champion, but now with Miro back and you don't know if if Swerve in my glory is going to be a team forever or, or they're going to break them off and one gets into the picture. Mm-hmm. So there are better viable options to be TNT champion right now in Scorpio Sky, which sucks because, because he worked his ass off to get to this point. But it's like, okay, you got it. We're going to have to pivot very quickly. What did you think of his Lakers belt? I liked it. And I, I kind of like that the TNT champion gets to customize the title. It's 
kind of like the IC title. It's concept. like a money draw. Yeah. Now there's another toy to be made. There's more, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's more, more stuff, stuff to sell. Made. Yeah. I really like on the strap, the eight and the 24 on the buckles. That was yeah. really cool. You know what I mean? Look that up if you haven't seen it. Any, anybody that uses, you know, even you. Because um, yeah. not everybody realizes what that means, especially if they're not involved in that at all. Like yeah. there's some. If they're not like basketball people. conscious, they, they're, they're yeah. not going to get it. Yeah. People that say like uh, the rude things. You know how the internet is, wrestling mm-hmm. internet. But yeah, um, I thought it was really cool. He's always been a huge Lakers fan and everything. And I was like a nod to Kobe Bryant. Yeah. yeah. I figured you'd like that. Um, I, like, like, I noticed it and I was like, nice touch. I like it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like you said about Miro coming back, though. You know what I mean? I hope that puts him back in the picture. Yeah, I did, they're going to have to put him back in some picture. They cannot waste this. They can't. He he cannot be relegated back to what happened to him in WWE, where like he's sort of in a picture, then he either got hurt or something happened, and then it, he's just whitewashed in like like into the background. This can't happen again. It, it, it fucking can. <laughs> I agree. Even if you want to. Uh build punks thing have miro fall short to punk you know what i mean something like that just to get him back on the map you know and like keep him and like keep him in like the fold because he's yeah he's too important he's too big of a player to not do that i agree i completely agree um so what's going on with the finals of the nba um it starts tomorrow um to give you a peek behind the curtain folks we've been bouncing off an idea for me to do a spin on our well i'm being told xnay on the plan a uh well you already but, gave it away no no away. no can't just, I, we ain't gonna I go want you go guys to follow my blog attack the glass dot relentless.net i'm gonna post the finals prediction up there either tonight or tomorrow of uh, the final start tomorrow um it's the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. Um, I'm gonna since 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 I'm on such a haterous roll this episode, I'm just gonna ride this wave out. Um, nothing against Golden State Warrior fans or the Golden State Warriors in general. I just don't want them to win it because it'll be a it'll be such an insufferable summer for for basketball fans like me. It'll just be insufferable. Steph Curry will who. For the record, I don't mind, but he'll definitely there'll be a bunch of Steph Curry is is the goat conversations, and I might end up in jail, and we may never do another episode again if <laughs> if, if if I have to hear that all fucking summer. So, and that, and also, I'm such an East Coast guy and a North, and more particularly a Northeast person. I'd rather have Boston win it and add to the lineage. It's nothing against Steph Curry. I understand he's probably the greatest shooter ever. I just don't want a summer of, of like, Steph versus MJ, Steph versus LeBron. Is, is like, Draymond Green, like, this good? I, 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 I mentally cannot take that kind of a summer. I just can't. <laughs> so I'm hoping Celtics in six. 
Celtic in six. So therefore, there isn't a game seven back 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 in San Francisco. I know, I know both teams got a lot of hobbled injuries, but I hope Boston pulls off the miracle. Please, basketball gods, help them out because a summer of Golden State Warrior love is gonna be super insufferable. <laughs> super insufferable. That, that was gonna be my call. Lakers, or I said the Lakers aren't there. So what better way than mm-hmm. to have their complete arch nemesis, the Celtics there? So Bada boom. I actually, and that's why I was a little bit surprised. Weren't you the Lakers guy? I'm not a Lakers fan. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just intrigued with what the hell is going on. Cause I can do, or we may do an episode on that. Cause it's man to call it a soap opera is understating what's going on. In Lakerland, they're in a weird state of flux right now, which is crazy to think because it's the Lakers. They're never really in this position. But, like, they're in, like, they're in that, like, New York Knicks, it's getting dark kind of kind of stage where, like, where, like, this could be salvageable or this can get really, really bad. And it's starting to tip towards, and I'm sorry to all my friends that are Laker fans, Kobe fans. You might be buckling up for some insufferable Nick-like suffering years. Like pretty much, pretty much the Nick since 2000 to now. Like buckle up. You might, you might get that in, in Laker land if certain things don't change. They, they just hired a new coach a long time uh, Long-time assistant coach Darvin Ham, he finally gets a chance, which I'm always for. You know, former players who are now on coaching staff, they get their chance to coach. Um, but there's just – they're the quintessential picture of too many chefs in the kitchen right now. There's way too many people who are technically with the franchise or have ties to the franchise that are putting their spoon in the pot. It's – it's just a clusterfuck, and and they have a very short time to get something intact in like something intact infrastructure wise to hopefully save this, or else this is gonna go very toxic very fast. But Celtics in six, nothing against Warrior fans. I just don't want to hear the overwhelming love. Yeah. You know, the Warriors are a great franchise. They do things the right way. I love Steve Kerr. He's all about social justice and social issues. I just don't want to hear. I I, I don't want to hear the Steph Curry, MJ stuff. I don't want to hear about how awesome Draymond Green is. I just don't. <laughs> just no. Please no. Oh, yeah. We, we, we literally gonna... sat through that for four years. I don't want to sit through it again. My, uh, my last comparison was exactly um... – was it uh, the 0809 okay. Celtics when they won? Ray Allen, yes. every okay, Garnett right. and Pierce, yes, yes, the big three. When they won that year, that was just a fucking I don't know, that was a fun final, you know what I mean? Pretty because much of after the rivalry that, though, in the history and everything that was baked in, yeah, 
And I think that would have been the last time I've been like seriously invested in basketball, to be honest with you. Okay. And um, which, which honestly is a lot closer than some other people. Which which like, like I, it breaks my heart, but I get it because there, there's not well, I, I shouldn't say that like there's not superstars that fans can that fans can get behind, to be honest. This is probably a great time to get back into basketball because there's so many superstars on so many teams that like you kind of reach a point where like it's not for us back in the day to just root for the Bulls or root for the Magic or root for the Supersonics. You now can like root for a guy and like still be like engaged but not have to like his team. But then there's a 50-50 chance that that like you actually may like the team because because the teams aren't that bad. So I know I know you're a very busy man and basketball is not high on your totem pole. But like just next season or or possibly even now in like the finals just give it a shot. And yes, I know the game is totally different now. We can go into that whole other time because that's kind of a gripe of mine too. Well, yeah, I was going to actually, that's where I was heading a little bit before you told me that, but exactly that. I, after that season, it, everything started to change per se, because after that, the big three kind of went their own way and things happened. They like started to age came. Yeah, exactly. People came and people went and like people like Rajon Rondo became, you know what I mean? Divas came, it seemed. And then super teams came and then big money deals where everybody was leaving. LeBron left Cleveland and went to Miami. And then he came back to Cleveland and then he left again. All that happened in the time frame of me necessarily walking away from basketball. And only LeBron leaving and coming back and going again made me even really look at the NBA because there had been so many, like, I would see these stories and I'm like, wow, see, that's why I quit watching or that's the reason I don't watch. And then I would see all these ridiculous things. And don't get me wrong, like I said, you even said Steph Curry is great. But it's just, is he the ideal basketball player that I would want to watch? Probably not. Exactly. That's my whole thing. I I like the old, you know that. We like the old school basketball, yeah. the more physical and real meaning instead for of us, like for us, quote unquote, old dinosaurs. For us, yeah. quote, for us, quote unquote, old dinosaurs, Steph Curry's probably not our cup of tea, but at the same time, we can acknowledge what he's great at. But he's not a cup of tea. But for this generation, he's pretty much Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird wrapped into one. I, for what reason? I have to do like a focus group on that because because I, I still don't totally grasp it. Other than the fact that he shoots a lot of long shots. He's baby face. He's a nice guy. Doesn't get in any trouble. He's a family man. So, like, all that stuff I get. But just when it comes to the aspect of basketball and just the way he plays, he can get away with it because he has a God-given gift that no one else has. Point blank, period. But he's influenced a whole new wave of style of play that's just banging your head against the wall, frustrating. Like, it's like, oh, it's like, can we just – slightly turn the clock back to even like 2002 and do things that way. Like, you know, I'll meet you halfway. 
2002-2003. How about, how about we turn the clock back to that? I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not even asking for 1995 anymore. I'm, I'm yeah, really not. Two of, two of my favorite years. So <laughs> if we can go back to there. You let me know. I'll pack a bag. Let's boogie. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, my God. So much. There was great sports, great music. You know what I mean? It was, it was just a different It was just time. a better time. <laughs> yeah, man. It, you know what I mean? Fuck, there was man, AOL right? and AIM. Oh, it man. We didn't have to worry about the bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, fuck. Hell, yeah. Some of the best wrestling. Yes. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Oh, man. But that's pretty Fuck. much the NBA, and then yeah, we'll get and, and then we'll get a little break, and then the NBA draft will, will be looming, and free agency, and what's going to happen there. There's a couple of storylines that that could be pivotal there. Um, I know a lot of Kyrie Irving fans in my life. I'm going to save that for a whole other show. <laughs> um, right. he's, he's probably going to have a big pivotal role, and what he's expecting, and what he'll probably get. And listen, for those who know Kyrie Irving, you know he's kind of he's kind of a space cadet, kind of rocks to the beat of his own drum. He's a total flat earther person. He's weird. So yeah, he's weird. He's totally a flat earth person. So I don't know if that's a good indication of stuff, but if he lives and dies on the flat earth theory, that probably gives you a strong indication of what kind of guy he is. Um mm-hmm. The whole vaccination thing, that is a whole other promo that I can cut at, at like a whole other time because I can carve deep into that. And yeah, well, let's just say he's due for a very large contract. And I, I'll, I'll just put the premise out there. I would not give him a quarter of a billion dollars to play for my franchise based on his track record over the past two years and just some of his behavior. I just... No, <laughs> no, You're exactly right. Two hundred fifty million dollars to someone like that. I just no. <laughs> yeah, if I was making that much money, I would have been the first in line. For, you know what I mean for that vaccination when it came time. Being an NBA player, like you know, when all the NBA players were getting their vaccination shot, he should have realized. Like, just I know his beliefs and everything, but. He should have realized the backlash he was about to face is my whole point. You know what I mean? Uh, anybody who kind of spites against the belief of that just kind of gets ran through the muck. So, hey, I we you even said you can got one of the promo how he decided not to play all them games and only play on the road and all that shit. That's a, a like you said, he walks to that beat of his own drum. And I guess we have to wait and see how that plays out. Yeah, because there's, I mean, in my gut, he'll probably get that paycheck, which is nauseating. It's nauseating as me and you as, uh, me and you being common men, if you will, that hurts my stomach to be like, damn, you mean that I can pick and choose when I go to work and do shit and you'll give me a full guarantee check for $250 million? Sign me to fuck up. Hell right. Yeah. <laughs> Sign me the fuck up. Sign me up twice, bro. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, holy shit. But yeah, we're deaf. Long story short, there will be some kind of basketball show coming because there's too much. And I, 
I have a large Kyrie take that that's bubbling inside me that I just need to let out because he's just I don't I don't fucking get it. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. I don't fucking get it. Amen to that. But that's pretty I, uh, much the that's pretty much the NBA. I'm gonna be a yeah. I'm gonna be a shameless M- NBA shill. I have been my whole life. I always will. Check out the finals. Give 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 basketball a second chance. It actually is a good product. Yes, I know it's not the glory days that all of us love and know, but it's actually a decent product. There are a lot of young stars and big stars, um, and it's actually decent basketball. It really can be. But just, you know, check out a game. Check out a game. Give it a chance and just go and, 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 just, go, and, and just go from there. I will give a slight disclaimer. If you aren't fond of soccer players flopping in like the World Cup, you're probably not going to like portions of like today's basketball because a lot of guys are doing their best pro pro wrestling impersonation in like in in like selling the move. They're doing some guys are master classmen at that. And there's a couple of guys that are in the finals that that'll probably irritate fans and be like, this is why I can't watch this shit. And I totally get it. And one ironically is the, uh, is the defensive player of, of, of the year and Marcus smart, who is in my opinion, the second coming of, of like Gary Payton. But once he starts doing the whole soccer player, theatric thing it it, it, it is kind of a turnoff <laughs> it, it is fair enough he, he's he's awesome to watch to play defense if you just watch him and like try to make a comp and this is not me being hyperbolic it's like watching a 21st century gary payton if okay if anyone knows who gary payton is I do. which i hope yeah. a lot of people do <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah your average basketball person should know who gary yeah. payton is yeah, and if not, there's a thing with called Google. Google, <laughs> you know what I mean, and Google YouTube. and YouTube. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a that's a hell of an accolade to give somebody. So I'll definitely yeah. have to check him out. Yeah, check out definitely Marcus Smart. Like, yeah. like he has that same <sighs> fuck you mentality. Okay, trash talker. He's in your face. Just constant coming, constant coming. Huh? And he's like six three, six four. And he, he doesn't give a shit. Oh, fuck. Okay. So he's uh, Boston. Yeah. Okay. Defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. Um, I will. I wish that there was a, a bet on FanDuel on this. If there's going to be one player that people are going to be insanely annoyed by, um, I'm going to put my money on another Celtic, Grant Williams. He's kind of, he's kind of a bigger shorter like robust big man but like he flops and sells and he whines to the refs a lot he's constantly like he's constantly in the mix of shit and it's kind of like that it's kind of like that obnoxious like overzealous well like teammate that 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 like is always going 100% in practice when like probably not needed (laughs) and like he's just annoying in that way but just crank the volume up to like 12 and break the knob off. Oh, okay. So Grant Williams is probably going to be a good reason why some people will probably change, change the channel. 
because 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 he can be kind of obnoxious. He really can. It'll it, it, it either be him or or Draymond Green just 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 because Draymond Green just just has that natural go home heat appeal about. Yeah, Draymond Green was the kid uh, who was blown in LeBron's ear, right? That was Lance Stevenson. Uh, oh, okay. Dr- ah, okay. Draymond Green is the one that punched LeBron in the nuts and then also kicked another center directly in the nuts. Okay, sweet. Okay. That, he's, a, yeah. he's a dick kick city guy. Yeah, he's he's okay. very heelish. He's very heelish. Nice. Okay. <laughs> so shout out to Brian Zane, Dick yeah. Kick City. Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely he will definitely be on your list of this is why I fucking hate him. I hate him just because now he's a great basketball mind. He has a great IQ, solid defender. You know, this is me coming around to this, like after years of pure hatred and like disdain. Like I, like I had to step back and be like, you know what? He's kind of smart, plays defense. I tip my hat to you. When I hear the Rodman comparisons, I go fucking mental. I go fucking mental. Because it, it, it's an absolute insult to anything and everything that Dennis Rodman ever did. And people try hard to make that comparison. And it, it you can go on YouTube like after the show. It's not even close. It's uh, nothing. It's it's like chess and checkers. It's it it's so insulting. So it's insulting. like they're both they're both games, but they have nothing in common. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll check it out. Definitely. Yeah, like like to just hear people make that constant comparison just will absolutely drive a fan like you crazy. Like, like, like I wish, I wish that like you could live feed me you watching the clips and the feeds and hearing all the comments. Cause your eyes are going to pop out of your head and you're probably going to say, what the fuck? A lot. Just, just like, what? Huh? <laughs> are they, aren't like, are you serious right now? You, you, yeah. That's it's that bad. It, it's all that right. bad. <laughs> so, yeah. So, shout out to all those people that actually think that shit. Fuck you. <laughs> that is such an <laughs> insult to Dennis Rodman. That is such an insult to Dennis Rodman. Please stop. <laughs> that's fantastic. But yeah, man, that, that's pretty much it with my uh, basketball tangent read and update. And uh, expect more to come. Well, I'll just Hell leave yeah. it at that. <laughs> Hell yeah. So on that note, we're going to jump around a little bit from basketball to entertainment. Okay. Today, I got that verdict. Johnny Depp. Okay. Depp uh, technically wins. Defamation trial. Okay. He gets $15 million. Uh, She gets two for some, like, divorce settlement legal thing or whatever. And probably, like, paying legal fees or some kind of yeah, something or, stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so long story short, he basically will get yeah. 13, 13 or 12 million and just kind of I'm hoping they tell them to go to their separate corners. <laughs> just yeah, just go. Yeah. yeah. She was talking about going to like the desert or something. And then he was in the UK recently. He still is, actually. That's why he didn't appear at the trial today. Um, but yeah, I just I don't think actually anybody wins out of this other than like, yeah, he does get his name sort of cleared, but it's the same situation. A lot of men find themselves in once you have that rub of somebody saying that 
the damage is done. Yeah, it's just kind of like that weird smidget that's kind of like, no matter what, there's always going to be that one random person that's going to be like, oh, didn't he beat that girl? You know what I mean? Exactly. Especially when it becomes public knowledge, either in like the celebrity eye or like a small town. Or like a, Once or like a small circle of people. Yeah. Like, like yeah. just in general, it's just bad. Exactly. Once it's out there, it's it just kind of out there. It's kind of weird, you know? But um, I think they, they were both really toxic to each other, to be honest with you. That's where I'll go with like my final thought on this was that after seeing everything, hearing everything, getting everywhere, like it was just a toxic relationship that couldn't end until it ended. And then once it ended, there was feelings hurt. Did she do shit out of spite? Oh yeah. Like pooping in his bed and stuff. Yeah. Was there abuse? Fuck yeah. But I'll say this. Something tells me that's not the first time that Johnny Depp was able to make a girl go crazy. If you get what I'm trying yeah, to say. Um, I, I think that's a safe bet. <laughs> Being like just who he is, you know, like he's Joe Cool, man. And he can just, he's Johnny Depp. He can drive go- girls crazy and just not give a fuck. And does that mean he hurts them? No. It means he can fucking, you know, schmooze them and schmoz them and then just not give a fuck and it makes them like go crazy that like they didn't get the attention the way they wanted or something or whatever it was whatever it can be and it something tells me that's not the first time he's made a girl go crazy um yeah ray your thoughts um, i checked in periodically in this um i think contrary to what people think or feel about this this could be like a watershed moment because I think this whole trial kind of shed some light and opened some doors to have a different perspective and look on certain certain life situations. Um, at least that's that's me being the hopeful, optimistic that like I try to be. Oh, you know um, how I feel about that. You know, like like uh, like I hope that creates a new dialogue and a new perspective for people when it comes to those situations to be like, let's work both sides of the coin here and see what's, you know what I'm saying? Um, again, Johnny Depp wins, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a big victory. It's kind of sort of a moral victory, but the grand scheme of things neither come out looking any better. There's a lot of like, rehabilitation for either party to do to kind of get into decent standing again. Although, I mean, out of the two, I'm sure Johnny Depp can like fade into the background for a while. And like, it doesn't really hurt him <laughs> to where with, with Amber Heard she probably needs to do that more just because of their, just because of their trajectory of their careers. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. But, um, you know, just a lot of embarrassing things came out. A lot of uncomfortable things came out, but it, in the grand scheme, big picture things, it it probably did a lot of good for a lot of couples and a lot of people and a lot of other individuals that kind of need 
that probably needed this to come to light and needed this to come to the forefront a little bit because that kind of stuff happens a lot more common than what than what's let on and what's in stats and statistics and shit. So I, I kind of think it's I think as time goes on, it'll be like a healthy perspective. Oh, hi. <laughs> That's my buddy. So that's that's just my take, and my take and hope that that's what gets taken from from this trial, this case, this weird saga. You're exactly right. I I hope something uh, changes. I hope uh, I hope it's taken more into accountability that both sexes are capable of this you know what i mean um and i hope it's really brought to light if anything you know um i just don't think i'll ever be able to say like uh anything's ever one-sided because it's not whether it's an argument with your spouse whether it's a fight whether it's domestic violence anything like that it's never just one person you know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's never just the male who's the instigator of the arguments. It's never just the male who's the domestic fighter. You know what I mean? It's never just the females who are always the cheaters. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, women can beat men. Men can cheat on women. Women can cheat on men. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, both are capable of doing this. And abuse was always one of them things that were always taboo. Oh, men no, men are supposed to be this big, strong thing. And you know what I mean? Like they should be able to water those, you know, you know, uh, wa- I'm sorry. Basically uh, paddle through the waters. I lost my train of thought there for a second, but it's, they should be able to navigate that without having any issues that women shouldn't be beating on that. You know what I'm trying to say? Like it was always supposed to be like, oh, men can handle that. When in reality, that's not the fucking case certain situations you just can't find your way out you know what i mean certain things just happen that way for god knows whatever reason is that always the best way no fucking it never is should never have to live in silence or like fear or anything like that and domestic violence itself is a weird topic if that makes sense it is. It's, it's you know an uncomfortable I mean? subject. It is. And and just some light, I hope that this trial kind of brings light to that situation of it's more real than people think. No, that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I hope too. Like, I hope that that, if anything comes out of this, it's that. Yeah, you're exactly right. And not some cheesy TV movie doc about it is not the ultimate, the ultimate thing that comes out of this. But me, but me and you are pretty smart people. We 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 know that's probably gonna happen. Oh, yeah. Especially especially nowadays when it's all about content, content, content. <laughs> Gung ho to make them stories, man. Yep. That's fuck. I'm gonna give it time before it floats on Netflix or Prime or Hulu. Hulu. That's what I was thinking. 
there's gonna be some fucking Hulu TV thing. FX. Yeah, like Hulu docu-series special or some shit. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I also if how you just said about the content, Tiger King was that same type of way. Exactly. When I mean, I can't wait to that out, party, but once I dove up. in, I was I was I bought it. <laughs> Hook on oh, sinker. <laughs> Believe me, I was there stuck watching that shit all unfold and it just 2020 was a wild time man (laughs) it was a wild fucking time and uh no bullshit it was they rode that wagon of gold man got tiger king 2 out of it where it's like more evidence and all this but it really wasn't you know what i mean and then the whole thing with on Peacock with that uh, Kate McKinnon and stuff. They did that Joe vs. Carol special. They made it a movie. They made it that, you know, show. They made it into a sit, not even a sitcom. I won't call it a sitcom, but kind of, kind of like a limited series or a mini series. Yeah, and it, they took every like hot topic from the entire Tiger King thing. And made sure they kind of embellished on it all a little bit more than what it really was for entertainment purposes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when uh, Joe's first husband with the one tooth missing, the one everybody calls Wish Batista. (laughs) Yeah. When he got that girl pregnant after they got married and everything. And then he told Joe, like, they were leaving or whatever. Well, Joe came in and they were yelling at each other. And then he beat the shit out of Joe Exotic because he called that girl a whore. Guess what? Never happened. They made that up for the fucking movie thing just to kind of like embellish the story of, hey, he knocked this girl up and then Joe Exotic fired her. And then the dude followed her out and said, fuck y'all, I'm out of here. That's all that happened. And I just, I don't know. I liked it, but it was already kind of like later down the line. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it was like well after the whole wave. Yes. It was like after everybody calmed down on Tiger King and then it kind of became like a thing in the past. Then all of a sudden there's this Joan Carroll thing on Peacock and everybody's like... To make an attempt to make a new way. Yeah. Yeah. And if that would have came out right around the time Tiger King was hot, bro, that would have been big fucking money. Because I'm not going to say anything bad about it. It was decent. It was. It was decent. Was every single moment great? No, but it was decent. You know what I mean? Like, it was decent. But yeah, I don't know. Like, exactly that. Like, this Depp Heard thing, I can definitely see it being, like, some, you know, limited time series fucking, you know, movie, and then somebody's playing Johnny Depp, and they're playing Amber Heard, and they're in Australia, and he gets his finger cut off by a bottle and shit. You know what I'm trying to say? Just lots of embellishing. Yeah, like they'll take every pinpoint from this fucking thing and make it like this fucking story of like what went on behind closed doors. And, you know, people will want to see it. But, you know, that's just kind of how entertainment is, I guess, nowadays. Unfortunately. It's like, I won't say that there's like no dignity and shit, but they don't have a... There's no dignity and shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They'll make anything, it seems. You know, I, uh, I don't know. 
if you go back and watch like old TV, old like old cartoons, even man, cartoons aren't even made the same anymore. No, they're not. They're... Like how we were just we were just talking about like oh two oh three. Even back in 0203, cartoons compared to now were so much better. And they've definitely (laughs) sanitized the crap out of that, too. Everything over sanitized. Like like that Adventure Time type of shit, Mm -hmm. all that type of new Cartoon Network is so gross, man. I, I know people and like acquaintances in my life that like love that shit love that shit like i don't hate rick and morty but i don't love rick and morty you get what i'm trying to say i'm probably on on the love rick and morty side are you like i I am it's 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 a decently funny show i'm not gonna lie the last couple of seasons have been a little bit of a stretch for me but i'm probably in the minority on that but the first two or three seasons are pretty fucking funny there was like, like a big incest baby or something that got like sent to space i seen and i was like what the fuck is this that might have been more of the recent ones yeah um, it was recent it was fucking yeah. recent because it was might watching be it like swim. a couple of the recent season ones. i haven't watched the last recent season one just because i it ju- it's just they went too far in like too far in the abstract for me and it sort of was- lost the plot based on it what was the first weird. seasons were Here's what I can tell you from this, and you could divulge into finding it. There was like <laughs> the mom and uh, okay, Rick and the mom, something happened, and Morty did something to where like their DNA got crossed, and it was a baby that got made, and then there's this giant baby that they sent into space. Like I was trying to say, but it was it was made from the incest of the mom and the son or some shit. And like I was I'm not kidding. Like I usually can handle adult, I love adult swim. But I just I was like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? Like it I don't know. If you think that stuff is like what the fuck, you should probably stay I, up. You should probably I, stay up I to do. watch the stuff that comes I on love like adult- two. At like two or three o'clock in the morning, the that are completely. Oh yes, Tim and Eric. Oh, I'm. I believe yeah. me. I am an Adult Swim guy. Like Look those shows me. are like what the fuck. Bojack Horseman, Aston <laughs> McGee, all of it. Give me it. Space Ghost, all of it. Give me it. It was just. I guess I don't know. I don't know. I, maybe I expected Rick and Morty to be something else. And then when like you even just said they crossed lines so much now that it's something different. So maybe it's that that kind of like threw me off when I seen a big incest baby and then it was like, you know, stupid. Because when Pickle Rick was the first hot thing, I you know, I was kind of ha ha chuckle funny. Yeah, you know? like like that was like season three, season four, I believe. So that but, was like right before they probably went over the edge, but like but but like they were towing the line. And I usually can handle that line. I don't. I don't know why I got so turned off by the, I guess, weirdly ancestral baby. But I don't know. It just wasn't for me. I just tell people if if the Rick and Morty and all that next level stuff's not your thing, just settle for the low hanging fruit. Watch Archer. 
Archer's a gold mine. <laughs> Archer's I've never a seen Archer. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, I'm doing this live on the air now. You have some homework to do. <laughs> Seriously, you will love Archer. Oh my god! Yeah, Archer's fucking great. Archer's I fucking mean, great. On FX, the commercials and stuff, you know, I've seen, but I've never watched an episode in my life. You will like Archer. I'm sure there's going to be some things that you're going to be like, what the fuck? But it's solid. Solid show, adult cartoon. It's right up your alley. I think it's right up your alley. I I don't know. I'll check it out. You know what I mean? I'm kind of like, I I guess I call myself picky, per se. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know, I I have a level for my tunes, you know? If I have time to watch tunes and it let me down, you're out of the list, pal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One bad episode, you're out of here. Yeah. Clearly the rest of your shit could be gold. Rick and one Morty, bad yeah. It, it, yeah. It doesn't matter. Just the one yeah. segment. I love it. Like, nope. Yeah, that's what happened, man. You know what I mean? Like I said, I've seen my fair share of crazy adult swim shit and i still hey you know what i mean i don't know something did it that was just kind of like done for me (laughs) done you know i don't know but uh honestly that ties back in like i that vintage of 0203 television that classic adult swim lineup of like aqua teen hunger force and everything and And like harvey all that yes you know what i mean like just all of it. it was so good it was just a different time and now it's just it's what it is now yeah like let's you be extra I mean? just for the sake of being extra oh yes they definitely used to have just that weird shit and now they go hard for the extra like tim and eric type shit i respect the art of tim and eric you know what i mean it's but like you just said, do they do the extra just to do the extra? Yep. And then when you see sure it, you're do. just kind of like, it's repetitive. or You know what I mean? Like, you know that they're doing the extra. So it's just kind of like, do I really want to sit here and watch Tim and Eric again after I just watched an episode? You know what I mean? Like, if I go and put on the Adult Swim app, I'm going to watch one episode at most of Tim and Eric. I'm not going to sit there and binge watch Tim and Eric. No, you know what because... I'm trying to say? Because your brain will either break or turn into mush. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, very good adult swim talk. Yes, a healthy, very accurate good. one. Hell yeah! With a with a slight side dish of homework. I I will check out Archer. I will. <laughs> like that's probably so, like it's probably like FX is like cash cow. Too like like it's it's that successful. I think they're seven seasons or eight seasons in but like but like they're all relatively different but, oh, wow. but like have but have like a common thread through all it, it isn't anything complicated it's nothing complicated oh, okay it, it's it's pretty easy to like a one plus one equals two kind of put together situation i will definitely check out archer like 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 you will definitely like archer You'll recognize the voice probably right away because because the, the voice actor that does it is damn near in everything. So and you'll 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 definitely like the cast and the little 
homages and hobnobs to things. Um, if you like Kenny Loggins, you're going to love the show. I'll just leave it at that. Kenny Loggins. Yeah, you will love it. I'm in. I will definitely check out Archer. Uh, one last live dynamite looking. What happened to wrap up the show? Um, we got Garcia and Moxley. I'm assuming that's the main event according to the time. Uh, they're both bloody. It's a physical match, apparently strong style match, whatever you want to call it. Um, from the little bit I heard, I think Regal and Jericho are doing commentary, so another crowded booth. Um, and if I heard right, I heard Regal mention something about blood and guts. So I, I don't know if that's a match reference or them sticking to their modus operandi of what Blackpool Combat Club is. But he mentioned something about blood and guts, and then Jericho responded, and I couldn't really hear Jericho. So okay. I'm probably going to bet we're probably leaning towards a blood and guts match sometime this summer with the Appreciation Society and Combat Club, Kingston, Santana, Ortiz. So there's clearly going to be a second big match to this gang faction warfare. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I We covered it on our review. Yep. I mean, yeah, the match, like, yeah. You know, it's God bless. Does it need to be? Is what I mean. You know what I mean? Like, does it need to be done? For what they we want need Blackpool to see that Combat Club again? to be? For what they are pushing Blackpool Combat Club to kind of represent? I'm gonna say yes. Because because they kind of force their hand. They force their hand on it. So it's like, well. It's like, well, we're this far. We, we kind of have to go down this road. So See, I'm, thought, I'm just saying, just honestly, mentally prepare. When, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, it's in my brain. I remember I said it actually before the stadium stampede thing or whatever the fuck, Arcadian, whatever the fuck they called it themselves. Uh, Arcadian. The yeah. Remember I said, I, I maybe they're going to do the blood and guts match. Um. Am I glad they didn't do blood and guts at double or nothing? Yeah. Do I want to see a match like that again? Yeah. But I don't want it to be like how they did in Daly's place. How the entire rest of the show was taped earlier in the day. You watch the entire fucking show on the screen. And then you get the blood and guts match. You know, if you're there live. Could you imagine paying that money? <laughs> I, I would be highly and, pissed off. <laughs> yeah. And you show up, you see the cage already down. You're like, oh, shit. You know, we're getting the cage match first. That ain't the case. It ends up being the main event. But they just darken the arena and you watch the fucking screens. Well, we don't have to wait long. I was just listening to Moxley cut a promo. Basically okay. says, if you want blood and guts, you got it. Challenge accepted. So there we go. <laughs> we're off and running. So now, where does that take place? You know what I mean? Are we going to build didn't that? Really oh, Blood and Guts, Dynamite, Wednesday, June 29th. Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> so it was going to be on a Dynamite. 
That's what I, I was just. I'm, I'm sorry to break the bad news to you, but they're going to do it on live television. <laughs> no, no, fire away, <laughs> fire away, <laughs> fire away. Because I can see it on. I, I can see it on you. See it on. See it on your face. <laughs> How fucking stupid! How fucking stupid! <laughs> stupid! 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 And not to be weird, isn't that the go home week for the for Forbidden Door pay per view? Yep. Or, or or like right after the pay per view? Would you say June what? What I day? believe it's the... June 29th. I'll double check my calendar. Twenty ninth, like twenty ninth. Oh. Yeah, Wednesday, June 29th. That's the weekend after the paper. The week after the pay per view. Okay. No, the pay per view is the thirty first, ain't it? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It'll be that Saturday. What's is that Saturday? July 2nd. So would oh, it be fuck. the 25th no. or 26th? It has to be. Okay. It has to be. Pull up so Google pretty much right after that. So after Forbidden what Door. After, after Forbidden Door, they're going to kick off the next week with that because they probably don't have room for it on the pay-per-view. Oh, I my assume. goodness. Balls. I, it's June 26th. June so, 26th. Yeah. Mother or, frick. Yeah. Yep. Forbidden Doors on the 26th. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. man. That's a busy week. I mean, but hey, if that's what they want to do, all right. What What's the network going to say? This ain't fucking pay-per-view. You're not going to have a match like you had last time, are you? With all of that blood and everything and just all the well, tax well, and all the... Well, think about it. The last Blood and Guts match, there wasn't like that much of extreme violence, right? There wasn't, well, based on comparing it to what's probably going to be coming. Now, am I saying there was like barbed wire and stuff? Not that I can remember, but it was a shit ton of blood spots it was a shit ton of like unnecessary kind of like whippings and all that different stuff and i don't know it's because remember we were really critical of the pinnacle versus the inner circle to begin with because of the way it ended the whole like jericho forfeited after that draw out match only to be thrown off the cage by uh mjf to begin with yeah so we can pretty much bank on blood everywhere yeah in this in this incarnation because that's kind of blackpool combat club's mo <laughs> you know they I, either make people bleed bleed themselves or both and I technically just, and technically since this is a blood feud you know it's it's going to be ratcheted up a notch um that's why i'm saying why are they going to put that on fucking tv Papa rating, Papa rating. Yeah, I. <laughs> I know. Oh my. I know. I know. <laughs> Trust me, I did not feel good announcing that. But as soon as I turned my head and looked to make sure there wasn't any confirmation of win, I was like, "Well, I guess I gotta tell him now." <laughs> I just, oh man. You know what I mean? I hope it's not like last time. Like I just got done saying about the screen and, you know, like I said, imagine paying that money to get into Daly's place back then. And you get there and you see the cage and you're like, oh, yeah, 
cage match has to be first. The cage is already down. Yeah. And then you get there and you just start watching the fucking show on the screen until it's time for your cage match, which was your main event. What? I'm going to assume, I don't know where it'll be. I'm assuming it would either be in Chicago, but knowing the way they do things, they'll probably be in Chicago the previous week leading to the pay-per-view and they probably won't stay after. They'll probably pick, gonna assume a decent a like AEW market to have that match. I hope it's not a daily's place. I hope they pick like yeah, another they're, venue. They're, that's two cages. They're gonna, you know, our two rings. They're gonna need somewhere to, like raise that fucking cage if they want it to. People are gonna shit on that if they don't. I'm I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. That's a very insane ending to that. All right. That was our last live dynamite looking tonight. Yep. And that was a doozy. As they always are. And, and that was live here. Yeah. Live intake with us. You get this every Wednesday, Woo! folks. When there's something worthwhile, we will tell you. That, uh, wow. That kind of rattled me a little bit. Not going to lie. That pissed me off. I just, I can't believe that. They're just going to do that. They're just, go ahead, AW. They have a better way of thinking than I probably do anyway. Fuck it. Oh, my goodness. This is why why fucking Cornette gets mad. Yes. And so I can't wait to hear (laughs) hear that sidebar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not to shamelessly plug another podcast, but I I, I can't wait. (laughs) Hey, man, we all are cult members here, so there is nothing that, you know, there's nothing too shameless about that. Uh, but fuck. All right. Um, wow. Here we go. Moving to our favorite topic of the week. Give thanks for being thankful. Ray, the hell are you thankful for this week in your um, life? I'm, I'm going to make a kind of a funny one just because we've, we've always go serious, heartfelt. Um, I'm thankful for being a somewhat logical pro wrestling fan and have the foresight and outside to see doing something like we just announced probably shouldn't be given on free television. Um, Holding out the naive dream that one day I'll be able to be in that realm and create the change that I've always wanted to see in wrestling and bring that perspective that wrestling probably desperately needs, apparently. Um, Just happy to be a wrestling fan, happy to be a sports fan. It's kind of a good time to have healthy debates, discussions, whatever, uh, for better or better or for worse. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Um, this summer could be a great summer for pro wrestling or sports entertainment, whatever side of the fence you want to lean towards. This could be a really prosperous summer for things to kind of turn out and lead us into the following year. Like most things will probably do. So I'm thankful, thankful for that level of optimism that I'm trying to hold on to. Hell yeah. Very good. Very good. But what are you uh, thankful for? Um, I guess I should have thought about that a little bit more before I got put here right now. Um, I mean, honestly, I we said it before. I mean, I, I'm. I don't know. I, I, 
I love doing this. Having this platform and being able to do this is uh, so fun. So fun. And it's our own way. You know what I mean? And we've, we've grown the right hook our own way. You know what I mean? Uh, next week's going to be our 20th episode already. And I just up real fast. Holy shit. Yeah. I just, I absolutely love it. It's, uh, it's so much fun, man. You know what I mean? It's, uh, I'll say this before becoming a parent, I travel a lot. I, me and my wife lived just kind of our own way. Um, the end of 2018, like after all in and everything, we decided that we wanted to have kids. I, always really didn't want to have children and here I am <laughs> a dad but we in early 2019 we suffered a miscarriage that's not something I often talk about but it ultimately led us to where we are because when that happened, it didn't deter us from having kids or anything. It actually kind of um, brought me and my wife a little bit closer at that time together and made us want to have a child again. So I, we decided we, weren't, we were done traveling. You know, we were the ones that would follow the wrestling shows and the concerts and all the, you know, life on the road. But then all of our priorities changed. And I won't say I lost all my fun or nothing like that because I love being a dad and everything. I just didn't really have something to really sink my teeth into and my time into because when you're a parent, that's the majority of the time of what you have your teeth and your hands sunk into is being a parent. So when you had first started bringing me on your podcast originally, we had that chemistry, that automatic fucking let's click chemistry. So we decided to grow and we grew into the right hook. Through all of that, I'm, like I said, it's my favorite time of the week every time we do the right hook. We have strange days. That's on the weekend. You know what I mean? But my favorite time of the week is the right hook. And I, uh, I'm thankful as fuck. We have our own outpost here that we can do this our own way. We can do it at our own time, our own speed, our own growth. And it's grown into, you know what I mean? It's, I don't know. Growing into something special. It's my child. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. I don't know. That's what I'm thankful for this week, man, is finding that next chapter. When I closed that chapter of travel and I didn't know what was next. This. Well, thank you for that, man. Um, this is also something that I look forward to every week. It's 
like at the right time, the middle of the week when you're kind of dragging, you at least have this to look forward to, to be able to put out our voice and kind of nerd out together for an hour or so every week. And it's been pretty awesome. So thank you for that, man. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Absolutely. But hell yeah. And with that being said, Ray, fucking send them home. All right, everybody. You can follow us on Twitter at the right hook podcast. Uh, use the hashtag the right hook, or you can email us at rhrpodcast one at gmail.com. Um, TV short and sweet. Enjoy the weather. Check out some basketball. Hashtag give basketball a chance. And until next week, I'm Ray Hook Ray. I'm Tom Casadega. We'll see you guys later. ACS.